case you haven't been with us through the month of December, we have been looking in the uh, the Christmas story in the Bible uh, to the angel encounters that are, have been part of that Christmas story. Uh, four separate times, God used angels to visit people to bring a message to them, and we've called it the call of Christmas. Now, I don't want you to have the wrong idea about angels because a lot of people do have the wrong idea about angels these days. They've been portrayed in many ways over the years, and it can get kind of confusing. Of course, there's Clarence in It's a Wonderful Life, right, Uh, who was just trying to earn his wings. Uh, There was Roma Downey who went around touching people like an angel, whatever that meant, right? Um, there, If you're as old as me, uh, you might remember Pa from Little House who... uh, found a highway to heaven, and he was an angel there. Uh, there was uh, an angel who, who looked, that was uncanny, he looked very much like Denzel Washington, who, uh, who helped Whitney Houston fall back in love with her pastor wife and her church. This is a movie from, from a while back. Of course, there have been angels in the outfield. Uh, even John Travolta and Nicolas Cage have played angels. That's how confusing it's gotten, okay? That's where we are about angels. So just so you know, none of those angel depictions are like what we see in the Bible. Angels are seen or mentioned in the Bible over 300 times. Never do they have halos or wings or they play baseball. Uh, It it isn't there. Uh, Never uh, is an angel a person who is trying to do enough good things to earn his his or her way into heaven. Uh, People don't become angels. It makes for a lovely little storyline in a Hallmark movie but it's just not in the Bible. At times, angels protect us. Uh, At times, they guide us. Most of the time, they are in the presence of God. And if God sends them on a mission, usually it involves bringing a message to humanity. And that's what happened at Christmas. Four times an angel or angels brought heavenly messages to earth. First, there was Zechariah. Uh, we often think of the angel visiting Mary as the first uh, or the beginning of the Christmas story, but but actually an angel visited Zechariah six months before uh, before he uh, an angel visited Mary. Uh, but no one puts Ze- the Zechariah figurine in the in the uh, the 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 thing. I don't. Know, we need to look into that. I guess uh, I haven't found any Zechariah figurines. But but it was there. He's the first angel encounter. Zechariah and his wife Elizabeth had been trying for years uh, to have children. They'd given up hope. They were Scripture says they were very old. Old and beyond hope of having children, yet they still served God faithfully. Zechariah uh, had settled into his life as a priest. It was a good life, and, and it wasn't likely to change, or so he thought, until the angel Gabriel interrupted his serving in the temple, and God was up to something, and he was going to use Zechariah and his wife to get things started. That was quite an interruption. Uh, they're planning their retirement, and instead they're buying diapers. It was quite a change of, of plans. God's plans have a way of surprising us. The angelic call of Christmas to Zechariah was a call to prepare. Zechariah's promised son, John, was to be the prophet who would prepare the way for the Lord. When Zechariah heard this, he doubted at first, and as a result, he was struck dumb, couldn't talk. Nine months, the whole pregnancy could not speak. It's interesting that Zechariah's call of Christmas is about preparing the way, and yet the first thing that happens uh, in, in all of that is, is that Zechariah now, God struck him dumb, and he couldn't speak. So he's prepared, supposed to prepare the way, but he can't 
speak. God made him silent. But maybe silence, maybe in this case, maybe silence is the preparation. If you have a problem with your computer or your phone, the first thing uh, that you usually do uh, is uh, you call the IT guy or something, or you probably do this even before you do that, but they say shut it down, unplug it, uh, or restart it. Let it rest for a few minutes, boot it back up again. It's amazing how sometimes I have to just take the battery out of the phone and I just stand there for a minute. As if that does anything, right? Stick it back in and all of a sudden everything that was wrong is now right again, right? And everything's good. Sometimes we just, it just needs to restart for a second. That may just hold true for us as well, especially at Christmas. Stop. Reboot. Be quiet. Be still. Maybe silence is the preparation. I believe we all receive that call of Christmas. It's a call to prepare. And it's not too late to answer that call. Maybe tonight, even on Christmas Eve, especially on Christmas Eve, maybe in order to truly prepare for Christmas, you just need to be silent, to be still, and to know that God is God. Zechariah's call was a call to prepare. Six months later, uh, an angel came to Gabriel, uh, an angel named Gabriel came to Mary, the same angel. And, and it was a call to provide, uh, to provide a way for Jesus to come into the world. Now, there is really no way that Mary had any idea what awaited her. She must have had some indication. I mean, women and girls in that day most likely had heard the, the, the prophecy and that the Messiah was coming sometime. And, and there were many who were saying that the scripture pointed to the fact that it was, uh, that the Messiah was to be born of a virgin. And, and so there was some indication that, but, but, but Mary wouldn't, Mary couldn't have known what all that would entail. I mean, it would mean ridicule and scorn. It would, it would mean almost losing her fiance. It would mean giving birth in a barn. It would mean the, the, the joy and the stress of raising a child. It would mean confusion as she followed Jesus' ministry. It would mean sorrow as she watched him die. It would mean the heights of joy as she saw him alive again. There really was no way for her to see in that moment with that angel right in front of her. There really was no way for her to see what obedience to God's call was really going to entail. And yet, when the angel called her, she said yes. Uh, in Luke 1, uh, the, the deal wasn't do this and I will bless you. God didn't say do this and I will bless you. Instead, it went more like you have been blessed, so do this. What if we looked at every opportunity to serve God, to sacrifice for God as a confirmation that we have been blessed? And so now we get to do this for him instead of always looking for God to bless us. Mary was blessed. She had found favor with God. And so God would use her even though it was going to be a difficult road. Without hesitation, Mary agreed to provide for the Messiah, to to live within her and to bring him into the world. May it be to me as you have said. And we have the same call to provide a place for Jesus to live within us and to let him and his spirit flow through us into the world where we live.
the call of Christmas. Mary's call of Christmas was a call to provide. So the angel appeared to Zechariah. The angel appeared uh, to Mary. Uh, Then the the third angel encounter that we see is uh, Joseph as he encountered an angel in a dream. Joseph had his life planned out. He was a carpenter. Measure twice, cut once. That's just how you live life, right? You've you got it all figured out. You, you measure it out and everything works. Uh, so his, he, he was a planner. He knew the plan. Get married, have children, live a life that's honorable. Uh, he found uh, a godly woman to be his wife and the plan was going along just as he planned. There's a great saying that says, life is what happens when you're busy making other plans, Right? Joseph's plans were first interrupted when he learned that Mary was pregnant. And, and although she claimed the baby was from God, I mean, come on, right? So, so he figured he could get, get through this setback. He could put her away quietly and, and then move on with the plan. Find another uh, godly woman who he could then continue his life plan with. But then an angel in a dream confirmed Mary's story and Joseph's plans were completely derailed. And this would not be the life of a quiet carpenter. Uh, This would be a life of protecting a woman who was highly favored by God, protecting the son of God himself. It was a tall order. Joseph's calling ended up including running from a crazy king, accepting gifts from strangers, trying to explain why his son was different from some of the other boys. This was not part of his plan, but it was God's plan all along. The call of God interrupts us. When God calls us to change our plans, he's actually just asking us to join him in his plans. Maybe your life feels like things have derailed and your plans are in shambles, I would encourage you to seek the heart of God, to quiet yourself, to commit yourself to following God's plans, not just your plans. We'll be looking into some of that in the, uh, the, the sermons just coming up starting next Sunday uh, as, as we look at how to find what God's will is for our lives and how to, how to really figure some of that out. So we'd love for you to be a part of that. Joseph's call was a call to protect and it changed his plans completely. Well, the last call of Christmas, the, uh, the other angel encounter was, uh, happened on Christmas night uh, to certain poor shepherds in fields as they lay, right? Uh, I, I don't know about you. I would love for the shepherds to have names. Now, I don't know if there were two or 22 or 202, probably not 202, maybe more than two. Uh, but, but if someone had name, I mean, someone came up with names for the wise men somewhere along the way, and we, oh, they're not in the Bible, but somewhere we've, we've figured out. So maybe, I don't know, Bert and Ernie or, or Andy and Barney or Jake and Elwood. I don't know. Some, some names maybe we can come up. I wish, anyway, these shepherds, they were, they were startled by an angel and then by many angels out on the hillside in the middle of the night. And the angel announced the birth of Jesus, uh, and, and these shepherds were not held in high esteem in the community. Let's, let's just say, we, we've gone into that a little bit this past Sunday. We, these are not uh, morally high standard kind of guys. The angel told them that Jesus had come, that Jesus had come for all people, that Jesus had come even for them. And then all the angels put an exclamation point on that message and have exploded the night sky in worship. And it was a call to praise. 
these angels praised and glorified God as they announced the birth of Jesus. The shepherds were obedient to follow the angels' instructions and they found the baby in the manger and they worshipped and they praised God uh, there. And then as they returned, they were glorifying and praising God. The shepherds returned. That, that's an interesting part of the story. Maybe we don't highlight too much. The shepherds returned. Uh, they, they went back to work. They went back to shepherding on that hillside. The same night, they went back to watching over their flocks. But the call to worship continued. It wasn't just go and see this thing and worship him and then go back to your life. It was go and see this thing and you are changed forever after something like that. Completely. The call to worship continued. Because of what they had seen and heard, they would never be the same again. Uh, like I said, I wish they, I knew their, their names. I, I wish we, we could chronicle their lives because uh, I'm thinking that they're probably still alive, at least some of them, right? Probably still alive when Jesus is doing his ministry. And, and they probably followed this along and, and, and tried to figure out. Uh, they probably didn't Google him or anything like that, but they, they, uh, they, 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 they followed along what he was, uh, what he was up to and where he was going. And that's that, that's that guy. That's that baby that and the angels and the and they were forever changed and they were worshiping no matter what they went no matter where they went they could have been some who witnessed the crucifixion those who heard about the resurrection those who praised God the rest of their days these shepherds although they returned to their work had answered the call to praise to live lives of worship Christmas is about worship Worshiping our God who so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him will have eternal life. That call is for each one of us, even on Christmas Eve, especially on Christmas Eve. Answer the call to praise God this Christmas. Respond to his invitation to come to Jesus and experience him. Like those shepherds, you will be changed forever. The shepherd's call of Christmas was a call to praise. You know these stories, uh, this story and all the components of it. You've probably heard it before. You probably came here tonight expecting to hear parts or all of this story again. But it's more than just a story to tell. We would do well to contemplate how God is calling us tonight, December 24, 2016. I'm guessing that virtually all of you have, uh, have ridden a roller coaster. I think my favorite is the Millennium Force at Cedar Point. Uh, it's high, it's fast, it's long, it's smooth. It's a, it's a good, I've ridden it with some of you all even. Uh, I can remember standing in line for that ride for the very first time. It was a long wait. It was a hot, I think it was, uh, it must have been July or August. It was a hot day. They had the little fans going with the mist stuff. You know what I'm talking about. And, and everybody's standing just way too close to you. You know how that goes. And it's just, but we waited in line and we kept seeing it go by and it, you know, it was just amazing. And so we waited and we, we, uh, we got along there. And I have to admit, as we waited and the longer we wait, I got a little nervous. I mean, I was excited and I was waiting in great anticipation. Those are just fun ways to say I was scared. Um, as, as we got to the platform, just a few people away from getting on, I, I have to say, uh, one of the people that I was standing with um, actually began to cry. 
because she was so scared. No, it's nobody in this room tonight. Don't point any fingers, I promise. My wife wouldn't come near that line to even try it. Now, you know from riding roller coasters that once you, once you get into that seat and buckle you in and they put that bar down and you can't move at all, which is a good thing, there's nothing left to do but wait and then hold on, right? I mean, it's going to take you where it's going to go and you're going to go there. That's just how it is. And as it creeps up that hill and then it plunges down and swoops around and does all the things you're filled with, excitement and joy and fear, all rolled into one. And they even take pictures of it for you so you can buy it later. At times, now it's true for me, especially on that roller coaster, at times uh, you get off the ride, even if you were nervous waiting to get on, you get off the ride and you're ready to do it again, right? You want to jump right back in line. It's an amazing day when the lines are short and you get off and you, I can ride it again in 10 minutes and we jump back in there. There's an amusement park in Kansas City uh, that we used to always go to. Uh, I don't know whether it's called this anyway. It was called Worlds of Fun. Amazing, wonderful. Well, no, it doesn't even hold a candle to Cedar Point, but it was Worlds of Fun. And there's a roller coaster uh, in that, right? maybe more than one, but especially this one that I remember. There's a roller coaster where, where they had set up a way for you to duck out of line if you wanted to. You could get away. It was called, in big tall letters, it was called the chicken exit. It was for people who had waited in line, but when it came down to it, they decided to say no. They were going to skip the ride. They alleviated their fear for for the moment, but then, I don't know, I've been that guy before too, where you're sitting on the bench waiting for everybody and they come down and they're, oh, can you believe it? And so you missed out on the fear of the moment, but you also missed out on the excitement of the experience. Maybe. Maybe that's a picture of the call of God in our lives. God has designed amazing things for this world and for us to experience in this world. But they can sound scary and and crazy and mind-boggling and different than anything we were possibly expecting. And sometimes it's so much easier to just take the chicken exit, to just just bow out, to just say, yeah, God, that sounds, oh, have fun with that. When the call of Christmas comes, when the call of God comes, we say, no. We play it safe. (laughs) And we miss out on the ride of our lives. I I believe that if we could talk to any of those characters in the Christmas story that had those calls of Christmas, uh, I, I believe that none of them would have regretted answering the call that they received. They would certainly talk about hardships and, and their own fear and their own feelings and, and all the things that they experienced. But, but I really believe with all, I don't think any of them would talk about regret. In fact, I think, probably just conjecturing here, but I, I, I think they would do it all over again in a heartbeat. And tonight, you are called to prepare. You are called to provide. You are called to protect. You are called to praise. None of those things are easy. In fact, they might scare us to death. But can I encourage you, don't say no. What God is is whispering in your ear, placing on your heart, nudging you in the back, what he's asking of you, don't say no. 
He loves you. He has amazing experiences in store for you. (laughs) Amazing experiences for how you are going to allow Jesus into your life and allow him to flow through your life into the world around you. Answer the call of God in your world this Christmas.